muchachos. It's Friday night, which can only mean one thing. We're betting everything with wheels at the back door. What's going on, Philip? What's happening? Man, that Ola, Ola Machachos, that really fits you well in your Spanish heritage. It does. Ole, man. Ole. Bingo. But hey, man, we're uh, we're excited. This is a huge weekend. We've got uh, Free Practice 3 is getting ready to kick off uh, in Formula 1 right now. They're in Australia, so they're they're going to be racing at crazy times. We've got the uh, the Truck Series in Texas and the Xfinity Series and Cup Series in Richmond. So it's all over the world today, man, and, and this weekend. We're, uh, we're going to have a good time with it. It's busy. We've got IndyCar. Steve, how you holding up? Going on, I'm I'm holding up just fine, man. I'm looking at my F1 intro there. Uh, from I'm, from this point on, it's like it's a full marathon. So I love weekends like this, as you already said. <laughs> How and do, I'll tell you, yeah, go go. I, I was just gonna say, Steve, you sound excellent in that that headset you got going on, man. That is just incredible. Yeah, it sounds like I kind of need it uh, here over here on the new platform. So gotta make sure everything's up par in the new space. Well, you know, when you're uh, staring at all the screens that you are, Steve, and just counting all the money that's just flowing in every second, you need a headset because you got to have both hands free. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, comment there. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully uh, we, we keep the, you know, the good se- kind of a good season going. Had a little bit of a, a, bit of a setback recently, but uh, looking to... Uh, Make some a lot of it back this weekend with a lot of opportunities on the on the on the horizon. Oh, we'll get it back. No big deal. Listen, we were positive last week. Uh, we we gained one point nine units over the the three different races and the qualifying. Um, it, it man, Sunday was tough. That was chaos. But you know, when the dust settled, we had a profit, and I you know nobody was more surprised than me because the wheels had fallen off and then got back put back on, and then crazy things happened, and, and it, it was just. It was an absolute roller coaster ride, but we came out a little bit of a profit. We're up seventeen point eight nine units so far this year. I'd say things are going pretty good. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take that, right? Because usually, you know, the beginning of the season, we're kind of getting the feel for things. Uh, historically, we've had slow starts, so to uh, start this year out on a positive note, I think it's a really good sign for things to come in the second half. So just uh, keep the grind moving, you know. Yeah, Arch Arch probably remembers we uh we started last year, I think the uh the first six weeks or so, we were down forty units. Um that's right. So this is good. This is this is a net gain of fifty-seven units from there. So I I feel pretty good. (laughs) I like what we're doing. Um we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving and we got lots of stuff to talk about tonight. Yeah, so we should probably get right into it, right? So we're not going into the two hour span. Yeah, let's let's do that. Twist my arm, why don't you? All right, so let's talk about trucks, Steve. We're we're in Texas, uh, which is kind of weird because you know the other boys are at the short track. This is you know kind of a, a boring mile and a half, and we have landed on, um, you know some some far out there picks. You know your usual Haley Deegan, uh, as well as Tanner Gray and Christian Eckes to win. Uh, what do you see in Eckes? Because I mean he was, it seemed to be really undervalued across all the books. And every market. Yes, I think uh, I think the theme this weekend for me is going to be a little bit more focused on track history. So I guess Eckes is a combination of uh, good track history and uh, good form uh, starting out this year. So I pulled up some of the track history for Christian Eckes. Um, he got 92 laps led his last three events here. 
with a driver rating of about you know over 110. So that I mean that's that's the best in the field. So we know that Texas is a difficult racetrack, especially for these guys in a lower series. So you have a guy with like Eckes who's got some track time. He knows this place pretty well apparently, and he's got new team this year with um McCallany Racing. So that truck's been fast, and uh, I think that's a good good setup there for form and team and how he's running this track specifically. Yeah, man. Uh, when I looked at and made a, a comparable track matrix as well, uh, there was no one more surprised than me to see that Eckes was actually number one in average finish uh, at 6.4. Uh, Enfinger, Grant Enfinger was second. So we're going to he's a target that we're going to play in head to heads if, if we can find him. You know, and then it was the usual suspects, um, you know, Zane Smith and Majeski and, and those guys. Uh, but Eckes, Eckes leads, leads them all. And, um, you know, his average running position was 6.8. So, I mean, he doesn't go backwards. He, he's kind of a, a consistent contender in, on these, these comparable tracks. So I love Eckes. And I didn't find out that I loved him until you told me that we were on him. And then I, I found reasons why. So confirmation bias, baby, we're in there. Hey, man, I, I tell you what, uh, you, Phil, you've been uh, keeping us above water the past few weeks with the Austin <laughs> Hill play. And I believe there's a couple times there last week, we, we kind of pointed a few things out to look at and uh, things have worked out. So I appreciate you holding up the fort for speed, the Speedway gang. Listen, I'm not betting against AJ Allmendinger on a road course. I, I would have to be a nut job. And uh Thankfully, when you sent that text, you're like, yeah, we can bet the dinger. I was like, thank God, because I already did. So that, that's that's good. But I I do like Ekus, And uh, so I'm with you. This 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 one feels good. You're going to have to talk me into Tanner Gray and Haley Deegan. Well, it, it, I mean, these are to me, these are numbers plays. Um, yeah, Tanner Gray with a good team. Seeing him have a lot of speed, uh, raw speed last year. So this is kind of a just taking a shot of the guys, fifty to one. The numbers seem pretty good to me. And um, of course, going back to Haley Deegan. Um, again, I've I've mentioned this already a few times this year. I don't expect you love Haley Deegan. <laughs> I, I of course, but I don't expect this to win. I don't you know I expect this. I anticipate closing line value on this play. And uh, I know how well and easy that is to spend. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and lock that CLV in and hope for chaos. And maybe maybe, maybe then I'll have a chance with that Thor Sport team there. Haley, yeah, this I mean, is the first I'm hearing of her. I've never heard this name before. I, oh, shoot. Um, type it in your Google box oh, okay. and then you have to turn off the parental settings as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've spent 63 cents in worse ways than a 300 to one oh, yeah. dog in the truck series. So I'm good with it, Steve. You know, it looks like, uh, it's about 250 to one and 200 to one elsewhere. So we're, uh, we're already, we're already good. Um, there you go. And, I mean, I just want to remind people listening, um, Haley Deegan started, I think it was, uh, fifth a couple weeks ago and all, uh, where was it? Las Vegas, I believe. Started yeah. Up yeah. Front. Uh, just. I think her running up front is has a lot of uh, experience there. So hopefully that she she gained um, some experience running up there a little bit, and maybe she can take advantage of that this week. Who knows? And Arch, I, I would say we're kind of pot committed at this point because if she ever does win and we haven't bet it, we're going to feel really stupid. So I, oh, I feel yeah, like we'll correct. probably <laughs> we'll probably just be betting her 
you know, until she doesn't have a job anymore or she wins. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we're so we'll, we'll, you know, if we hit this 300 to one, we'll probably break even on Haley Deegan props lifetime. And that'll be that. That'll be that. It, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you um, what, we're, we're very lucky that she's been very uh, long, you know, very long odds and not been like 40 to one because then we might be broke. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, your crush would would have to uh, we'd have to rethink betting on it every week. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're also taking a head to head. This was available at Superbook. I am looking at it right now and it is still available so if you have that book it's awesome for racing would highly recommend it they're not good for much else but definitely racing uh we're on christian eckes over nick sanchez minus 110. um sanchez has shown some speed this year um but you just feel really good about eckes i suppose oh for sure i mean when you look at matchups you're kind of looking for a guy that has a lot of consistency and there's nobody better to look at than Eckes, I, I would say, in this situation. Nick Sanchez, um, he's kind of a, new, a newbie on the street. Definitely has pace in that truck. But to, again, I mentioned, our, mentioned it already. Texas is a place that you can make mistakes. Uh, turn one, I mean, turn one to one and two is very different from turns three and four. You got the, you know, one and two is kind of flat. And then you go into three and four, and you got the, kind of a con- conventional oval style um section there so you gotta be set up well for both ends and uh if you're not if you if you're not set up well you can definitely make some mistakes like i said so i think i guess can handle that and sanchez might be going through a learning a learning curve here yeah for sure um i see he had a, a you know an xfinity start at texas last year uh but you know nothing in the truck series these are completely different uh vehicles he finished 11th in, you know, in the, in the Xfinity series. So I really like Eckes. I, I think that's, this is just a, an, an absolute hammer head to head. Um, so definitely, definitely targeting Eckes. Is there anything else that's on your radar? We kind of stuck waiting for matchups to populate. Yeah, we, I mean, we're going to have some practice qualifying. Uh, so it's going to really be last minute. I, DraftKings, I know I've seen, likes to populate those things an hour or so sometimes before the race begins. So, unfortunately, because you have to wait on it. So, we'll see what they give us. Hopefully, they give us something good. Yeah, so uh, practice is 10.35 a.m. on Saturday. Qualifying is 11.05. And then the race is 4.30, you know, later that afternoon. So, we'll we'll have like a five-hour window, hopefully. Uh, that they populate some stuff, but that's it for the trucks for now. Yeah, they're really throwing us for a loop this week because we got uh, Xfinity is first and then trucks. So, I mean, like we're in a two different locations. They're kind of throwing us a curveball here. You know, I get, you got to throw that baseball slang in for the opening opening day yesterday, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, talk about an absolute curveball. So practice for the Xfinity series. We'll move on, Arch. Uh, practice for the Xfinity series is 8.05 a.m. Uh, qualifying is then 8.35 a.m. And then the race is at 1 o'clock. So, man, that's that's a packed morning. Um, you know, both series practice and qualifying. And then the race for Xfinity is at 1, then the truck's at 4.30. You're right, Steve. It's kind of backwards. But all the money spends the same. And on the outright winners, it looks like we're taking a, a pretty heavy stance on Cole Custer here at 10 to 1. And then, uh, you know, that, that's a half a unit. And then we've got a, a small position on Brett Moffitt, 500 to 1 at Superbook. Talk to me about Cole. All right. Uh, you know, 
of course, most people know now how I've kind of been down on Cole Custer this year. Um, and I guess the books are down him too, because it, I would say early in the season, you'd probably get Cole Custer at three to one, four to one. Let's just say like none of these, none of these races happened yet this year. That's probably where the, the number would be. Um, with that in mind, now you're getting him at much longer odds, 10 to one that he opened up at. I feel like that's pretty good. I've, I mean, Cole Custer's ran into a lot of uh, problems uh, this year, so this could be a situation where we go to Richmond. It's a predictable racetrack, and uh, we, he could stay out of trouble. He could have speed, and he could finally get the job done this weekend. I think this is a, a track that sets up well for him. He run well this type of track in the Cup Series, so this is a place we might want to buy back on Cole a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm totally in, and. I kind of figured we were going to start getting some uh, value with this guy when he was sitting in the, uh, you know, in the infield there, stuck in the, the sand or whatever. And all the announcers are like, man, Cole Custer's had a rough go, all this bad luck, wrong place, wrong time, blah, 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 blah. So I knew that the public perception was sort of starting to to sway on Cole and now he's becoming a little bit of an underdog. So that's when we like to scoop in and buy. We'll 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 buy these guys in the bargain bin. He's still a talented dude. We're talking about a guy that had, you know, three full years in the cup series. He had a win. Um he's not bad on these short flat tracks. He's he, you know, historically was was not bad. So I like this play. I, I think there's a bunch of idiots out there in the Xfinity series. And you know he he's he's got good equipment, but let's see it. Let let let's get that thing in victory lane. He's yeah. you know even in in 2019 he won at Richmond in the Xfinity series. So let's right. see that again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean now back then you're looking at a guy that doesn't have as much track time as he has gained the past few years. I mean what, three four years later now, but right back in the same situation and. uh if he's not motivated now to prove that he's still got it, then he won't ever be motivated to uh, get back into victory lane. I mean, he's got. This is where he's got to start saving the season and and really getting some momentum. So, yep, yep. Let's see what happens. All right. So then on the the head to heads, the we we've got three of them. We're taking Sammy Smith over Chandler Smith. This is the battle of the Smiths. Uh, now we're we're going to key in on Cole Custer over Austin Hill. And then Riley Herbst over Daniel Hemrick. That's one I can get behind, Steve. I hate Daniel Hemrick. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I'll, I'll let you take the, we- take the wheel on that one then. I'll start with Sammy Smith over Chandler Smith. And uh, this feels – I like this one quite a bit as well. Sammy Smith is a guy uh, – he got it done at Phoenix. We, we had a nice play um, on him over there. Got the got the job done over there. Nice little long shot to pad the bankroll, and uh, gonna go right back to him in a matchup this week against Chandler Smith. Now Chandler Smith, I've heard a lot of talk about how he likes this track a lot. You gotta keep in mind in the truck series, is he was with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports, and uh, they were pretty good at this type of racetrack. You know, the short ladder tracks. They had a lot of strength and. Uh, now he's going to be in that college car. They haven't had a whole lot of success on the short tracks, so I kind of feel like this is kind of more of a fade on the on the vehicle. You got Sammy Smith with Joe Gibbs, who's had a lot of good runs at uh, Richmond, and you're kind of going against a guy with a team that hasn't had 
much success in this type of racetrack. So that's it's kind of a just a vehicle play there. Yeah, discrepancy, sure. Yeah, I like that. Uh, um, so we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about Riley Herbst. So you know he was one of my favorite guys to bet against last year because I think he's a real dope. But when he's matched up against Daniel Hemrick, I can certainly get behind it because I think Hemrick is an even worse dope. And this year, you know, Herbst has been okay. So far, he's finished sixth at Daytona, seventh at California, eighth at Las Vegas, fourth at Phoenix, fifth at Atlanta, and then tenth at Coda last weekend. So, I mean, all top tens in the last six races. Plus, he's been pretty good on these these short flat tracks last year as well. Um, it looks like he was seventh at Phoenix. Um, let's see, he was. Uh, I'm looking here. Jeez, I lost my I lost my place. Fifth at Richmond. Um, so I mean he's 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 got the goods to get it done, and I just think it's a matter of time before Hemrick, you know, does something boneheaded and loses this this head to head. And Herbst has been consistent, so I like Herbst here for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of go ahead and continue off what you said with the, with the consistency. Um, you, you matchups, you want guys that have that consistency, and I feel like Riley Herbst really turned over a new leaf the past season or two. So this is a guy that you can rely on. And Hemrick is the complete opposite of that. I would say he, another guy with college racing. So uh, also another guy that, that used to be a Joe Gibbs driver. So might have some numbers skewed when he was with Joe Gibbs. Cause you know, they've been good here. So this, uh, this could another good opportunity here to kind of take a, a fade on college and a play on Herps. Who's been uh, kind of, I mean, Herbst has been outrunning Cole Custer, his teammates. I think Riley Herbst has kind of been impressive to me. Yeah, I dig uh, it. I, I dig it. Um, now, we're, we're fading Austin Hill, Steve. Yeah, we are fading Austin Hill. Um, it's not for the fact that I don't think he's going to have pace this weekend. It's, it's kind of just uh, a numbers play there. You're getting plus 100 for Cole Custer, who I think was one of the favorites to win the championship this year. I would not have put Austin Hill in that category as a favorite to win a championship. He certainly kind of put himself in that talking point, though, to you know, to start the seasons. But uh, maybe that I think that's a little bit of a kind of overweight overweighing him as him as far as the value goes for this matchup. I think I think already mentioned Cole. This could be a good weekend for him. So, yep, I agree. I agree. So. Uh, those feel good, and then, you know, we'll we'll uh, be vigilant after the qualifying session, and uh, excuse me, hopefully have uh, some more head to heads, you know, before that one o'clock start time, that that very early uh, race time for us. But uh, should be a very fun and hectic morning into the early afternoon tomorrow, and then Steve, we've got the Cup Series. They are qualifying at ten o'clock tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, 10:45 tomorrow, and then the race Sunday at 3:30. So by the time that the race kicks off, it'll almost be like a vacation because the the weekend will be almost over. All that chaos will be behind us, and we just have this boring old short flat track to take care of. Uh, who are we looking at to win here, and why is it going to be Ryan Blaney? <laughs> well, I gotta say we have. I mean, so I, I did want to talk about this a little bit. Um, Earlier in the week, we usually like to get in early on these outrates. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, we kind of look and see who were, who looks good. Um, I had some difficulty this week really honing in on some guys because uh, 
we know Richmond is a fairly predictable racetrack. That is, it's more of a strategy kind of playing the long run game. So the guys that usually win here are guys that uh, keep the car clean. You don't use our stuff up too much. It's it's you know, kind of the guys that run well on a, on a normal basis. And I, I feel like that's kind of reflected in the odds this week. Uh, a lot of short favorites, um, Byron, Harvick, et cetera. Guys I've run well this year so far. So we're kind of going a little bit further down the board, I feel like, this week. So kind of starting out with Martin Truex. And um, I remember a time when Truex at Richmond, he would open up, you know, plus 600. And this week, I believe he opened up around 11 to 1, 10 to 1. And uh, that's, that's kind of where we landed on, on Truex, uh, 10 to 1. Kind of, I mean, let's just talk about the sponsor. Toyota owners four hundred. So, are you into that sort of thing? I mean, Since he's it, driving a Toyota. I, I you gotta believe that they have some extra motivation to really hone in on things on a weekend where they're sponsored by Toyota. So, sure. <laughs> it makes sense to me that they would try to find some pace, really focus in on this weekend. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what we've seen. We, we saw that last year too. Toyota wasn't all that great. And then they showed up to Richmond. I believe we faded them, and we kind of paid for it a little bit last year. So let's not make that same mistake this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did do that. <laughs> we, we did pay the, pay the price at Richmond uh, for betting against the Toyotas and the Toyota owners, whatever it was, last year. But, yeah, I like Truex here. Um, and then we're also on Blaney at 20 to 1, which is absurd. We're on Ross Chastain, also 20 to 1, which is kind of nuts. And then we grabbed a little, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple win shares of Eric Almarola at 60 to 1 at FanDuel. Uh, the boys of the book club beat this thing up. Those odds are a little bit shorter than when we put it out. Um, but I really like Blaney, dude. So in my data set, he's number one. He's the number one dude. He's got two poles in the nine race, uh, you know, the, the relevant nine that I picked out. And he's a perfect nine for nine for top 20s. And that tells me, Steve, that on these short flat tracks, he can stay out of trouble. And we need that. And that's something he hasn't really done so far this year. He spent a lot of time in the spin cycle and facing the wrong direction. And uh, Ryan Flores on the the Corey LaJoy podcast even said he was tired of uh, Ryan Blaney having to make trips down pit road last week. I think they spun out five times. So, uh, you know, this is the perfect track for Blaney to get get things going the right direction, if you will. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what what he brings. And, and hopefully it's some raw speed. Absolutely. I, I, I really feel like Ryan Blaney has improved at Richmond and, and high wear, t- you know, high tire wear racetracks in general. He used to be an auto feed at places like Darlington, like Richmond. But now he's been a lot better in the, at this type of, at this type of racetrack. So. You might get that combination now of Penske being good on short flats. Uh, they weren't great at Phoenix, but we've kind of moved on from that. Uh, Richmond is a lot higher wear racetrack, so we'll kind of see where that kind of plays into it. Um, but yeah, sixteen to one feels pretty generous. So hopefully, uh, see some good things out of Blaney this weekend. Yeah, we got we actually got twenty to one at Fanduel. Yeah, pretty pretty sick. Um, yeah, I, I probably got that in before FanDuel posted lines. I, I haven't updated my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I've got the 20 to 1 for you, so no worries, buddy. Go. Yeah, and then uh, we've got Ross Chastain. Talk to me about Mr. Watermelon. 
All right, so this is, I mean, to me, this just feels like a numbers play. You're getting Ross at 18 to 1. And uh, if you look back on the notes, he's run well at Richmond, and he's also qualified well in the past at Richmond, which is something that hasn't really been something, you know, that Ross has been uh, very good at doing. So track position is going to matter a lot at Richmond, You want especially in, in this next-gen car, at, at this, uh, you know, at short tracks, next-gen car. It's tough, very, very diff- difficult to pass in this car. So if you can get a guy that does qualify up front, I think it's going to be difficult to get around these guys. You know, it, and if you're working around the guy, you know, people, you're, you're chewing up, up the tires. So you want to really just take care of your stuff. And it, a good way to do that is starting out front. So if Ross can get that uh, good qualifying position and stay up there, we, we've seen he has the pace. He was good at Phoenix this year, and uh, he, he almost won that championship at Phoenix last year. So he's, I feel like he's gotten better at short flat uh, short flats so this could be a situation where you get some value on chastine yeah that's what i wrote about in my article steve that this is a rare opportunity to get ross chastine at a long number in the bargain bin um you know we we were talking earlier comparing notes and you know he led a lot of stage one at, at a richmond race he had a top five car in the the, the previous race before that at, at uh richmond and I think he finished 18th and 19th in those races. So that, that that was kind of a black eye on his data set. The other black eye was his 24th place at Phoenix this year. And that was because Denny Hamlin uh, kamikazed him. So, you know, his his track data and average finish has kind of got, you know, uh, buoyed by by just some some outlier finishes. But the overall data is pretty good. He averages 12.3 average fast laps. He, he leads some laps in those. His average run position is inside the top 10. So I really like Ross here. And especially, we've got to take into account that this kid made huge strides last year. Um, you know, so what's to say that the, you know, the, the improvement curve is done? I, I still think there's room that this kid is a champion in my eyes. I remember two years ago saying that, that, that he is uber talented. I mean, this is awesome. This this might be my favorite bet of the weekend. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, just to, to, to really bring this one home, uh, kind of the same thing I was talking about with Blaney. Uh, Chastain is a guy that uh, excels, I think, at high-wear racetracks. Uh, Darlington is one of his better racetracks. He's won, almost won there multiple times. And I think I think he'll run better at Richmond than he than he runs at Phoenix because of that. Uh, we know he I think he's a super talented driver. So high wear racetracks tend to favor guys that are very good at saving their equipment for sure. So that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Let's get that um, yeah. So and, you know, that that just goes into our next play, which was Ross for a top 10. Um, you know, that that seemed like a really we you know, the book club guys, we got plus 100 on that at FanDuel. And then we we uh, we collectively moved it to minus 140 where it stands now. But you can shop at other books. I think there's a 118 out there. Uh, still playable, certainly, for, for top 10 for Ross, as well as Eric Almarola plus 200. Yeah, Almarola is... Uh, I think Almarola is my favorite guy to kind of go towards when it comes to this type of racing. He always excels. I shouldn't say always, but this is a place you look at for him to excel. Um, he won uh, at a camp comparable racetrack over there in New Hampshire. Uh, certainly, I think this is a great number, plus 200, to kind of 
look at Amarola to get that done. Uh, he's had speed this year, just hasn't had the finishes. He's had some bad luck. Uh, so I, I really just hope that he can put a full race together and uh, get that done. Awesome. All right, so we, we've got some some head-to-head matchups here. You're going to have to talk me through some of these because we are threading the needle with some guys. And we'll start that off here. We're taking Christopher Bell over Kevin Harvick. We're also taking Christopher Bell over Kyle Larson. But then, to, to bring that home, we're taking Denny Hamlin over Christopher Bell. Yeah, so we got fortunate this week. We got a lot of options, really, for matchups. And as you know, if you look through our spreadsheets, uh, head-to-heads, that's kind of where we tend to thrive. So It pays the bills, baby. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see that we have a lot of options here for matchups this week. Um, so I, I do want to, like I mentioned already in Xfinity, kind of want to back the Toyotas. We got Christopher Bell. Um, he was a threat to win at Richmond last year. Just kind of ran out of time a little bit, end of the race. So you got him over Kevin Harvick. That number is good, plus 100, Harvick. Um, Harvick's going to be strong. This, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be strong this weekend. Stuart Haas uh, is usually pretty good at this type of racetrack. But Chris Rebell is, this is where he makes his uh, kind of, makes his mark too, because he, he just likes this kind of racing. New Hand. New Hampshire, um, Martinsville, he won to get into the playoffs last year. They won that race. So short flats, his strength. So again, plus 100. And I, also getting a good card to go with that. So that's kind of my, my belief there in Bell. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Tuesday mornings, I always print out the, you know, make a data set, print it out, and then just kind of kind of go over it. And Christopher Bell is circled here. He was one of my, him and Ross Chastain were, were my, two uh, drivers to keep an eye on. So I, I really like Bell. Uh, Harvick, I think, you know, he's going to be strong, but I think he's a bit mispriced. In some places, he's even he's even the, the betting favorite over Byron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, and I guess that, that goes a lot with, uh, you know, just his historical data, but I, I, I'm not a believer in, in having Kevin Harvick as a betting favorite anywhere at this stage in his career. I certainly like getting plus 100. Uh, in this matchup, and I also like you know the the near even money, the minus one ten over Kyle Larson. He he was a a disappointing fella in the data set as well. Definitely. So, um, if you want to move down to uh, Denny Hamlin and talk about why we're taking him over Christopher Bell, I'll be happy to get into that as well. So yeah, I, if I need you. I need you. <laughs> if, if you so if you look into the data for for track history, some this is where I'm going to lean on track history once again. And if you look at Denny Hamlin and his recent runs, the past five races, driver rating is 118.1. That's that's number one in the whole field. Yeah. Yeah, he's led 476 laps last five races, average finish of 4.2. So that, I mean, that beats out Christopher Bell by by four spots for uh for that uh driver rating he beats him in average finish by two spots and he's led quite a bit more laps than christopher bell does denny hamlin's is really good at saving the tires he's very good at this type of racetrack i remember him he's he has a lot of strength in new hampshire so you're getting him at plus 120 so that's a very very favorable number so uh, I really like. I just like that a lot for a numbers play, and I feel like he should potentially be the favorite in, the, in this matchup. 
100% agree. And, you know, it, Denny is fantastic at saving his stuff, too, and coming out of nowhere, um, you know, getting off schedule, saving a set of tires. I mean, we saw him do that last year when, you know, he won a race on a, a short flat track and, you know, he had like the 14th best overall speed. And it's like, how the hell did, did that happen to us? That, I know that ruined our day. But now looking back on it, we can kind of use that to our advantage. So I, I really like targeting, uh, you know, Denny in some form and, and at least. You know, we're getting a plus 120 uh, over a teammate. So, you know, those guys will probably race clean. And, uh, you know, Denny's a guy that you, you probably want to start back in here pretty soon. I, I think he's going to kick it into, uh, you know, play off Denny and, and try and win a couple races. Yeah, for sure. And one more angle to look kind of look at here. If you look at average starting position in the past five races, you have Hamlin average start position 5.4. And you have Christopher Bell average start position 14.8. So if you can get Denny on average starting 10 spots ahead of Bell, I think you're already kind of uh, looking at value and uh, an edge there. Yeah, that's a ton of spots to make up on a a track like this. Uh, Let's move on down the card here. We're going to fade Tyler Reddick in the next two. We're taking Chastain over Reddick, Blaney over Reddick. Uh, We already talked at length about, you know, the, the two horses we're backing, but why are we fading Tyler Reddick? So we know that Reddick last week was uh, easily the fastest car at the road course. Uh, that mine this week is completely different. It's a totally different setup. And Reddick, if you look at track history, uh, I believe this is one of his worst racetracks. Uh, it is. Yeah. He, he, to me, average finish, 17.8 in the last five. Um, driver rating, 69.3. So... Uh, he, that's with RCR, and Austin Dillon has been very good at at Richmond. So you would think that you know Reddick should perform well with uh, with his teammate doing it that well at RCR. So this is kind of a question mark for me why Reddick's going to have been so bad. And it kind of it, it really fits the theme. Reddick just doesn't seem to have a whole lot of strength when it comes to flat racetracks. So this is a good opportunity to kind of take Chastain at plus money, you know, 115, another, another good number. So kind of a theme this week, taking plus money and run with it. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, when I, again, in my data set here, I had to go a long way down the page to find Tyler Reddick. He's ranked 18th in my matrix, zero laps led, you know, between last year and, and, um, Phoenix this year, uh, on the, the short flats. Um, only 5.7 average fast laps. And like you said, what stuck out to me is Austin Dillon outperformed him, which is crazy because if you ask who's the better driver, you know, the, the unanimous answer is going to be Tyler Reddick, but he was getting outperformed on this track type. I really, really think that we're going 2-0 and on these fade Tyler Reddick plays. Plus, it's probably a little bit of recency bias kicked in. Everybody saw this dude in victory lane last week. Um, all five foot two of them. And, uh, you know, this is a chance to to get on the, the right end because Tyler Reddick owes us some money now. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've got Martin Truex over Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex over Kyle Busch. All right. So Martin Truex over Kyle Busch. Um, talk about Truex a little bit here. He's with the Toyota Brigade. He, oh, we, we already took him to win the race. Um, Truex, he ranks number two in driver rating for me. Um, Truex is a guy super consistent. He's the most consistent guy at Richmond in my de- in my track history data set. 
His low finish is seventh in five races. So this is a guy that you absolutely do not want to miss out on taking head-to-heads against. So Truex, the drive rating is really good. Um, average finish is the best, 3.8. So um, he's got five top five, uh, five top tens out of five races. So he's a, he should have a lot of speed. He won at the Clash this year, which is one of our other short flat tracks. So uh, this it feels like this kind of is going to fit Truex well this weekend. Awesome. Uh, next up, it looks like we've got Kevin Harvick over Kyle Larson. So we like Harvick, but we just don't like Larson more, I guess, is the, the moral of the story there. Um, you want to talk about why we're fading Larson in a couple? Yeah, Larson, um, lower in the ranks here. Uh, average finish, 10.8. Uh, laps led is only 19. So we, you can kind of tell the pace of a race car when you look at laps led. And when you look at guys up front regarding this Larson, I mean, Larson is way off in, in, in the numbers here. So driver rating is not so good. And um, he's going against a guy like Kevin Harvick. Um, so. Harvick's got uh, 96 laps led. Driver rating is over 100. This feels like a good spot to uh, take Harvick and uh, just really not too too high on Larson, as you mentioned this week. Yeah, man. So in you know in my set, we're we're using different data to come to the same conclusions, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but you know, in in last year's uh, short flats and this year, uh, Kyle Larson had three poles. So Hendrick brings the noise, you know, in raw speed. When there's nobody else on the track, fine. His average starting position, 7.3. That's okay, too. Um, but by the 50% mark of the race, he's already starting to back up. And then his average finish is 12.6. So that actually equates to the worst negative position differential in NASCAR, um, you know, over that data set. So Larson is a dude that, you know, he will, he will back it up. Uh, can't maintain his track position. And if you're going to tell me that he's going to finish either 12th or 13th, uh, I think Harvick certainly outperforms that. This feels like a really good spot. Yep. So I, I think Harvick knows that this is one of his better chances to win because they haven't been all that quick on intermediate. So he might have some extra focus to make sure that the car is uh, in good shape this weekend. So this could be uh, good for us in that regard. Yes, sir. All right. So we've got two more here. We're taking Christopher Busher. Over Chase Briscoe, really disappointing year so far for Briscoe. Mm. Busher and the RFK boys are on the upswing, and then we've got Daniel Suarez over Josh Berry. Uh, talk to me about these two. So yeah, Chris Busher, uh, we're kind of piggybacking off his success so far last year and uh, this year, really. So you can use either either metric. Last year, he uh, he was kind of running down uh, the leaders. I, I believe he finished inside the top five. Um, and then you look at who his teammate is, Brad Kozlowski, and this is one of Brad Kozlowski's better racetracks. So he's he's pretty good at saving the tires. Chris Busher, I believe, is another guy that's talented. He knows that I, how to how to wheel, wheel a race car. Really good at Homestead, high wear racetrack. Good last year at Richmond, controlling the tire wear. So you get this guy in a long run, he can. He, advanced position and get to a good finish for sure. And if he's going against Chase Briscoe and he's, he's just, uh, he has not gotten off to a good start this year. He is really fading. Uh, this could be a place that he runs better, but 
Briscoe has not qualified well this year either. So if you get stuck back there in the back, you could be in for a long day. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, I don't want any parts of back in Chase Briscoe. Um, you know, I know we had him for some Cup Series championship futures. That looks like dead money at this point because, you know, he, he is uh, really, really on the struggle bus. Uh, I like Suarez, though, over Josh Berry. So uh, we saw Jordan Taylor in that number nine last week at the road course. So Berry was on the sidelines on Sunday. He's hopping back in that Chase Elliott car. Um, but I like Suarez here. I'll take that that top, you know, pit road team and an angry me amigo over Josh Berry. Yeah, he does have some motivation after last week, doesn't he? he definitely yes, he some, does. Uh, He's going to have want to get some of that out this week in a short track, so it should be fun to watch Suarez kind of lock back into uh, a situation here. Again, getting him against Josh Berry, who doesn't have a lot of time in his car yet. So that would be an uh, interesting storyline to watch. Yes, sir. All right, so that, that's all nine of the, the head-to-heads we have. Is there anything... You know, in the in the couch cushions, is there any secret bets that you want to talk about, Steve? This is like the the best part of the show. Yeah, I mean, um, I did take a look again at uh, Kyle Busch. Uh, I don't mind adding him as a potential outright at eleven to one, and and maybe take a look at him for matchups as well because I I did some did some thinking today. And it's kind of channeling that thought process on Austin Dillon. We know Austin Dillon's not the greatest, you know, talent in NASCAR, but he comes to Richmond and he really does perform. So, and and if you look at Kyle Busch and his track history here, uh, he's inside the top five or six in driver average. He's you know he's he's very good at you know just uh, managing the race car and managing a race. So this could be a place where maybe Kyle Busch goes over to a car that's kind of went, you know, underperformed with Tyler Reddick last year because he just doesn't seem to perform well. Richmond specifically, you might have a good combination of um, a race car and Kyle Busch who's got a lot of talent and, uh, you know, that team is fast. Chevy is really fast this year as well. So that could be a spot that goes underlooked this week. Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, looking at adding a position on Kyle Busch to win and also uh, selecting maybe a, a, a couple head-to-heads. I like it. I like it. Um, is there anything else you have for the people? I think that's going to just about do it for me. Um, I, I, this, this could be a chalkier week, so mm. uh, it's good. I, I can, I'm glad to see that there's, there's another opportunity potentially to take a guy with a little bit longer odds down the board. So let's just kind of hope that uh, that kind of comes through for us. We know that Wayne Byron's been really good this year, so we know I believe he's the rightful favorite, plus 550, but we're going to go ahead and and take a shot at someone else. <laughs> you can't yeah, keep I, winning every week, hopefully. <laughs> it's got to stop eventually. Yeah, the guy's not Richard Petty, right? <laughs> no. He's just not. Or Dan Gurney at Riverside. It, he, he's just not that guy. But um, I would also, this is this is just kind of a commercial here, but I would also say that this is the kind of week that is the perfect week to get into the book club. With all these condensed schedules and, you know, the practice and qualifying happening you know, and then the short window to add the head-to-heads and add some positions. This is the perfect time to, to get in here, and it's almost a necessity. Uh, to, you know, when the, the books populate these lines, we're gonna 
we're, we're, we're sitting here hitting refresh. We're waiting for it. Um, so you want to be, you know, in the room when we're putting these these plays out. And I would say this is the kind of week where you just have to. If you're a race better, join in now, thedgens.net. You get a three-day free trial, 25 bucks a month if you like what you see. Um, you know, we put the plays out there as we make them. You, you got to get in here. This is how you make the real loot. Mm-hmm. Ten units and darts today, Phil. We did. Today was probably the best darts day of all time. Of all time. Uh, yeah. I bet all the leans, wow. I bet all the tertiaries, the secondaries, and the primaries. And I think I was 25 and 7. It was a very busy day, uh, but it sure gave me something to do, you know, while the government was paying me to not do that. <laughs> and you had a spot on TV. I did. I, I was on the local news today, um, <laughs> the local news channel, uh, while I was putting darts plays in. You can see in my car, one hand on the wheel, one hand on the phone. Thanks, Arch. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.